The first reading is from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up into heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them the command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as they might strengthen he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. This is the word of the Lord. Well, grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, I have three hooks for you to take home this sermon on. If you think of it like the backside of your door. You have a hook there, and you, you can put three different things, a towel and a, and a jacket and maybe your hat on there. Well, the three hooks are this. First, life goes on. Second, Jesus is there in it. And third, the adventure is just beginning. 
as we've been talking about already, this is ascension. And, and I love to look at the big story of things called the meta-narrative, the, the entire scope from, from the beginning all the way through the end. And, and the church does this every year. It's kind of this, this cycle that we go through following the life of Christ. And it, it begins as we anticipate an advent, and then we have Christmas, and then we have epiphany with the coming of the wise men. And it goes all the way through until Easter, ascension. Next week is Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit. And then it's kind of the season of the church. But this is one of those kind of standalone Sundays. We're, we're not in the middle of a sermon series. We like to do sermon series around here. This is one we're specifically this week and next week focusing on events in the life of Christ. And this is the, the, um, the ascension as Jesus rose into heaven. As I said earlier, it actually happened on Thursday, um, but we didn't think too many of you would show up on Thursday to have a worship service to s- celebrate ascension, so we'd normally do it on the weekend. We'll see how many people are here tomorrow uh, with the big uh, day that's going on. But since Easter, over these last 40 days, lots of, lots of things have happened. Now think back to Easter, 40 days ago. Think of all the stuff that happened. Anybody remember what happened the day after Easter this year? Anybody remember? It snowed. It snowed the day after Easter here. And when I, when, I mean, now, you know, you're outside and it gets hot and it's muggy and you think, wow, that snow, that wasn't that long ago that that happened. Lots of things. Easter is a time of celebration. Maybe you got together. Maybe you have a special meal with your family. I know we, we celebrate with Easter baskets and we have gifts that we give to our kids. We don't do baskets anymore, but we still do gifts. My daughter's over there shaking her head. No, I didn't get a basket this year. We do Easter gifts, so we, we make a big deal about Easter. It's, it's fun. We've got, you know, there's all these flowers up here. We have different things on the cross. And if you're in the sanctuary, they've got the cross with the spray on it. We do a lot to celebrate that time in the life of Christ. But since then, the flowers have wilted and faded. Maybe you planted them and maybe they'll come back up next year. All the Easter candy, hopefully all the Easter candy is gone. Lots of things have changed since Easter. In, here at Cornerstone, we've had about half a dozen funerals since then. Think about what your stock portfolio has happened since Easter. Yeah. The pessimism in our country about the economy and about the future. School shootings. Lots of things have happened since we celebrated Easter. It's kind of like, well, if you go on vacation, maybe this summer you're going to get to go on vacation somewhere and you're looking forward to it. You got this great big celebration. You get to go away and, you know, you go down to Florida or you, you go up to Michigan or you do something and it's a great celebration and then you come back home and all the stuff is still there. All the bills are still there. You probably got to mow the yard because it's overgrown by now. You got all of those emails that pile up while you're gone. Then you got the credit card bill, all the money that you put on the credit card while you were on that vacation. You still come back to all the same concerns, all the same struggles. Life goes on. Life continues to go on. No matter what the celebrations are, no matter what the downtimes are, we continue to live in this world. And that's what the disciples experience when they get to ascension. 
They had celebrated Easter, although they weren't quite celebrating in quite the same way. If you remember the disciples on the eve of Easter, on the, on the night of Easter, they were actually locked away. The disciples weren't quite sure what was going on when they heard that Jesus had come back, but over those 40 days, Jesus spent time with them, spent time in the upper room with them, teaching them, breaking bread with them. We had the walk to Emmaus, where Jesus comes up to the two disciples, and if anybody ever asked me, what's, if you could go to something in the Bible and, and be a part of something in the Bible, it's that. I want to be on the walk to, walk to Emmaus. Because it says Jesus took the Old Testament, he opened up to them and showed them how all of the Old Testament was about him. Jesus was with his disciples, instructing them, teaching them over those 40 days. And it said he appeared to over 500 people and performed miracles. Something had changed definitely because life had overcome death. Jesus had shown that the power that he came to bring was going to overturn the curse of sin. The brokenness of this world, Jesus was coming to bring in, to usher in, as he said, behold, the kingdom of God is at hand. And when we say kingdom of God, it can be confusing because we don't have kingdoms these days, at least not here in our country. We're not a kingdom, we're a nation. So when you hear kingdom of God, think reign of God, rule of God of God. Think ways of God. What Jesus came to do was to usher in the way things are supposed to be. Because obviously, something's broken. This is not the way God intended the world to be when he created it in the beginning. It was perfect. There was no brokenness. There was no pain. There was no sin. There was no death. But because of our fall, because of our betrayal of God, all of that entered into the world. But God made a promise right to Adam and Eve. He said, I'm going to do something about this. And he said that his son was going to come and crush Satan's head. So Jesus came to enter in to bring in the reign, the rule, the kingdom of God. And he introduced it to his disciples as he went around healing people about showing what Jesus came to bring to make the wrong right, to bring about restoration to the brokenness of this world. So the disciples got to experience that firsthand. And now, now he's taken up before their very eyes. I mean, can you imagine the roller coaster the disciples had to be on? I mean, seeing him beaten and hung on a cross and the despair, and then hearing that he had risen again, and then still being afraid, and then spending time with him, and being elated, and now he ascends into heaven before their eyes, and, and then they're just standing there looking. What happened? What do we do now? And immediately it said, two men in white come and say, why do you keep staring? This one who has just ascended, he'll come back in the same way. But they remembered what Jesus had said in Matthew 28. He said, I've been given all authority. Now you, you go and make disciples. And he had told them to stay in Jerusalem until they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to celebrate next week. 50 days. That's what Pentecost means. It means 50 days. 50 days after Jesus' resurrection, they received the gift of the Holy Spirit that they know that they're not alone in this world. Jesus told them at the Great Commission, lo, I am with you always till the very end. And he kept that promise by sending his Holy Spirit. So life goes on, but Jesus has promised to be with us 
in the midst of it. Even when we go through tough times, when we go through things in this world that don't seem right, Jesus promised that he has overcome it and he hasn't left us alone. He continues to be with us as we gather together as believers in Christ, as we encourage one another. He continues to come to us as we hear his word preached, the promises of God reminding us that Jesus has overcome. He continues to come to us through, through wine and bread with his very body and blood to remind us of the sacrifice that he's made for us, to remind us that we are forgiven because of what he has done. We can go through life with that assurance and to give us the promise that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. So the disciples, they asked Jesus toward the end, they said, when will you restore the kingdom of Israel? When are you gonna bring back the power that Israel used to have under King David when they ruled the nations, when they were victorious? You see, they're asking the question, when are we gonna be God's people again? When are we gonna be shown favor? When will the punishment that, that they were experiencing, when will that be ended? And we ask the same question sometimes. We say, God, when are you gonna take away the pain? When are you gonna bring healing in my life? When are you gonna bring restoration to the relationships that I see broken? When are you gonna bring financial relief to me? When is all of this gonna be over? And the answer that Jesus says to them is, it's not for you to know the time. My senior year in high school, uh, in college, I was um, getting towards the end of graduation. It was, I mean, it actually wasn't graduation time. It was about October or November, but it, was, it feel, felt like graduation was coming really soon. And I didn't have a girlfriend. And I just knew that I was gonna get married with, to somebody in college. And I was convinced that I was supposed to meet somebody, but I was like, how am I going to have a relationship with somebody and get married with them as we get closer to the end of college? I was so stressed. I was like, God, what is up? I'm here at this Christian college and I haven't met somebody that something's not right here. And I went to my roommate and I, and, uh, I was like, man, I'm really stressed. I really thought I was going to, I don't want to go out into the work. You know, I don't want to go work at a church and then try to find somebody to have a relationship with. And, and he took me to Jeremiah 29, 11. And many people know this verse where it says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And a lot of times people stop right there. And the Lord says or to, um, to Jeremiah in this passage, he says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. That's the next part of that verse. You see, so oftentimes we, we hear that God has great plans for us. He's got something in store for us. And so we want to know, what is that thing? What are you going to do for me, God? But what the Lord tells Jeremiah is that you're not going to know the plan. You don't know the time of the plan. But God promises something else. He says, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. You see, God doesn't promise to reveal his plan to us. He promises to reveal himself to us. And oftentimes we spend our time trying to find out what God's plan is for my life. What's God's plan for my life? The disciples didn't know. Jesus told them they wouldn't know. God never promises to tell you what his plan is. What he does do is he promises to reveal himself. 
So the, the command of God is seek after God. Don't seek after the plan. So the disciples, rather than knowing what the plan was, they just wanted to follow Jesus. And we see that after Pentecost, that's exactly what they did. They start following after the Lord. And what was the plan? Some of them were gonna be killed for their faith. They were gonna be shipwrecked and they were gonna be beaten and they were gonna be stoned and they were gonna be crucified. But they sought after the Lord because they knew he had something in store for them that was greater, something that was bigger. So we see that life goes on and Jesus is there in the middle of it all for you and for me. And the last point is that this is just the beginning. I'm spoiling it a little bit for next week, but the church explodes at Pentecost. We see that God has great plans for his church and we're the result of it today. The gift of that Holy Spirit 2,000 years ago continues to come through his people of God today for you and for me. And we all have a role to play in this. We each have something to do as part of God's plan. And, and we don't always know what his plan will be, but what he tells us to keep seeking after him. And when that happens, great things happen. God works through his church. It continues through us today, through the, through the ministry that we experience here at Cornerstone, that the ministry that happens around the world in other churches, through the, the ways that God is using us to bring about restoration, to bring about care for other people to bring about the ways of God against the brokenness of the world. We sure show concern and care to say that God has not left you alone. He's got a bigger plan. Continue to trust in him. As a church, we're trying to see what that means as we, as we seek after God and as he gives us opportunities. One of those is through Messiah and Eagle Creek, and you heard a little bit about that last week, but but God seems to be opening some doors for us in ministry to partner with Messiah Lutheran Church over in Eagle Creek. And so we're really seeking God in this and saying, God, if this is what you want for us, great. We would love to, to follow you. And so I ask you to pray about that. But also to think about your own life. As you seek after God, see what doors he's opening for you to show care and concern and love for other people in your life. And also to receive that to receive that love and care from other people as they bring the kingdom of God into your life, as you stay connected through, through the ministry here or other places, other places where God is at work. So brothers and sisters in Christ, this ascension, I remind you that life goes on, that Jesus is there in the middle of it. And this, this is just the beginning. Amen.